Rusty Quill presents. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be right <laughs> Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hello, it's Jay, one of your DMs. As you've likely heard in our most recent scheduling update, the next episode will be the ARC 2 finale, and we'll be watching it together. Check out our announcement in the main feed, our Discord, our Patreon, or any of our social media for more details. Since this is the lead up, it felt better to keep the ad out of the episode and just let you hear it all the way through. 
But that means I'm here up top to tell you about our aforementioned Patreon, the place where people go to support us. We have Discord server benefits, ad-free episodes, a bonus talkback show exclusive for patrons, an art club, a bonus piece of merch, personalized audio messages, and even custom game sessions by the DMs for our supporters. Definitely go check it out and see what we've been cooking up for the last few months at www.patreon.com slash planet arcana. I'll keep it brief with that and just a quick reminder to leave us a review or tell your pals about us if you think they'd be into it too. All that stuff really helps us little shows grow and we appreciate it so much. And now, Arc 2's penultimate episode. See you at the finale watch party and enjoy. Previously on Planet Arcana. After confirming the safety of Finale 13, the crew returned to System Merry Viable, where they received another unexpected pit message from the composite couple. As always, the message is cryptic, though this one is different. Less salient and no longer a composite of familiar voices, but rather a pair of distinct and overlapping voices previously unknown to our heroes. The voices know the three fools are responsible for the death and rebirth of the devil. They hint at the importance of a location called the Peridot Peaks, and they insinuate that Quintessa Sombra might somehow be on her way to the crew. The next day brings with it the finale of CGA and the culmination of the plan to destroy Lux Booker. With promises to keep each other safe during what's to come, the damn good unwilds return to the CGA grounds and make their way to the subcategory award ceremonies. There, Lux delivers an opening speech until his exhaustion gets the better of him and he departs for his trailer and his big sleep, though not before delivering some threats to Riot regarding the break-in at his office. After nabbing the award for most promising new act, and receiving some veiled words of solidarity from Teaspoon, the crew make for Lux's trailer. Riot handles their entrance, inducing magical sleep upon the Diplos guarding Lux's door, picking the lock, and resisting the magical wards protecting Lux from his thralls. Once inside, the crew tuck in under Lux's bed and prepare to enter the digital network. When they meet in the information tier, they are graced with the gift from a friend. A blessing from Epoch the Devil. To move on to the calculation tier, each of the three fools asks a question and receives an answer. Celestine is unable to keep hold of his answer, but Crater learns that his limbic sensor is in a lake house in the Phantom Isles, and Riot learns that her parents were manipulated and murdered. In the calculation tier, our crew receives offers of favor from several previously uninvolved Arcana. They deny Judgment's request to kill more of its own kind, and they reject the unknown nature of destiny offered by the Wheel of Fortune. However, Crater and Riot do accept the boon of death, who expresses interest in the coming of a new era. In order to move beyond the calculation tier to the discovery tier, the crew ground themselves in reality by performing together once more as a band. And when the performance is complete, the three fools find themselves faced with the manifestation of Lux's office building, stretching far taller than its material counterpart, up into nothingness. 
And now, the climb to the top. I can hear you. I am listening. I can hear the cacophony coming from all across the fifth collide. Oh, how I miss you, my dearest darling. I miss the clockwork, the neon, the networks. Oh, these metropolises, these, these verdant, desolate biomes. Oh, the fun and games we have planned. But always with the promise that we are on a blinding path of success. You will be tried. You will be compromised. I repeat, we've been compromised. Do not despair. You will see the world. You will know planet Arcana. You will find All it takes is a friend. All it takes is perseverance. All it takes is a little sweat. All it takes is a key. To confront a monster. This is it. Teaspoon's carefully laid and long-drawn plan is the foundation of your arrival here, in the Discoveries tier. Illuminated by rotating spotlights and suspended over a waterfall that plunges into nothingness, Lux's manifested office building stretches upwards, seemingly forever. True names, lavish festivities, mind games, illicit activities, the building blocks of Lux's metaphysical palace. And our three fools have come to metaphysically crumble it to its foundation. To start, I would like one of you to roll 2d10 for me, please. I got it. No one else is going to No, is this like a d100 roll? You just want a total of 2d10s. The total of the 2d10s. I rolled two tens. Oh my god. Wow. Are you serious? I did. did. What an omen. Okay, go and check. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. I'm an idiot. I rolled two ones. Oh, 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 an omen. That's. (laughs) Jay, go check. (laughs) Did you actually roll two ones? You guys are confusing. I'm I'm, like, well, so I rolled, like, both of them are tens, but they're like the multiple of ten. The oh one. Yeah, so it's not yeah. it's not oh oh, it's one. Yes, it's it's one zero. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. oh boy. Two ones. Well, <laughs> the three of you did spectacularly in your attempt to cross over to this final tier of the network. And previously you had done these reality checks individually, and you know, when one person struggles, you have to wait for that person to catch up and complete their reality check to get to this discoveries tier. But last time you did it cumulatively and you did an amazing job. And when you reach this new tier, you feel emboldened by that, by that performance you gave crossing over. To start, each of you gains advantage on wisdom saving throws for the next 24 hours. And secondly, you gain 2d10 2D temporary hit points. Each of you can mark a cool 2 temporary hit points. Well, you know. To be fair, though, last time, Sean, you rolled and you got two tens. So this okay. is your karma. All right. Yeah. Sorry. That was uh, that was not a hot start for what is going to be a big episode here. <laughs> not the worst. I was really excited by the two tens. Yeah. yeah. Hey, before we get too far into it, I was thinking a thing. All of the major, the notable NPCs whose deaths we've caused. Aqualung. Wait, is he dead? Boy Bakura. 
I, I think it's fair to say. It, we At the very <laughs> least, he's not doing well. Aqualung, <laughs> Boy Bakura. He's not, li- he's not living his best life, that's for sure. <laughs> Scavenge. Yep. Beef's Impartial. Yep. And The Devil. All of whom voiced by B. Oh, discrimination. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? If we are able to actually take out Lux, we'll finally be able to kill Jay. Whoa. Will they Me die in, real in the life? real life? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting point. Yeah. So we're coming for you, Jay. Yeah. Um fucking try it. We're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better watch um, out. Yeah. Um watch out. I actually like I was gonna take it easy on you guys in this fight coming up, but now I know that I need to fight for my life. So <laughs> just be aware of that. So you stand in front of this office building and it stretches upwards forever. Alright, this kind of seems like an inopportune time to say this, but like is the plan we just go in and hit him until he's down, like last time? Or yeah, um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> if we learned anything from the experience with Vlad, it's that maybe there's information within this manifestation that might help us weaken Lux to some extent. Right. We could get in the same way that we got in in the real world, but maybe there's some information to be gained by walking in the front door. The balls on us just walking through the front door i love it the balls indeed <laughs> and not dissimilar to when you were in front of vlad's mansion there's something a bit surreal about that i mean there's many things that are quite surreal about this it's not a bit surreal it's quite strange in fact as you look at the building and it towers into a space that is metaphysically difficult to understand you think about the last time you were at Lux's real-life office building and how you ascended physically, and you look at this building here in this space and you know that that would be quite a challenge if it were even possible at all. So perhaps walking through the front door might be your only choice. Well, um, if I don't make it, I love you too. And uh, I will I will die for you. So uh, just so you know... Uh, Right, I don't, I, I, I appreciate the sentiment and it is more than returned, but I don't think that we need to, huh. I don't think we need to entertain those thoughts today. Let's just, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Yep. Hey, I think this time around we have a better understanding of what we're getting ourselves into. I am not going to let anything happen to either one of you, period. Same here. Yeah. So let's her back in case one of us goes down. You're damn right. We got this. And, don't y'all forget, I left you a little taste of treat. The good berries. Good berries! Oh my god, right. <laughs> <laughs> a little tasty treat. Frick. How many do you guys have? The spell, I believe, makes ten. So I figure four for each of them and three for me, because I'm less likely to need them. Okay, that adds up to eleven, though. Just, you know. Oh, just yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Math is hard. Um, yeah, uh, I, four for each of them and two for me is fine, because I got spells. It's okay, Peter. Math is for fucking nerds. <laughs> no, but I am a nerd. Just <laughs> not a good one. <laughs> Shall we step into the office? Let's fucking go. Let's go kill names for Adu. <laughs> I'll remember the last time you said that. This time, this time I mean it. <laughs> Wait, did you not mean it the last time? <laughs> I yeah, ap- apparently not because because we didn't. But I I feel this one in my gut this time. Well, Crater, I trust your gut above all things. 
You move towards Lux's luxurious office. You walk up the couple stone steps leading towards the grand glass doors. And the glass doors are polished to a mirror finish, and so you cannot get a glimpse of the inside until you open the doors and enter. And so you do. A semi-familiar sight greets you, as the lobby of this manifested skyscraper matches that of Lux's real-life office building. A long room with dark marble walls, at the end of which sits a solitary elevator door. What is less familiar are the lobby's inhabitants. These beings are humanoid, to be sure, but everything is off, even more so than the network-synthesized faces you've become accustomed to. Their shape is human, but their movements are not. They awkwardly shift and writhe in perpetual motion, their muscles like jello. They wear clothing, but no garments you could recognize or name. Colors and shapes seem attached to their bodies, yet misaligned with their movements. But the faces are their least human trait, and their most alarming. No eyes, no nose, no hair. Just one massive circular, ever-gaping mouth filled with rings and rings of concentric teeth. I I hate that. (laughs) This is truly terrible. Do they look like they've noticed us as we walk in the door? Actually, not really. They kind of are standing in place. Maybe a couple of them are like slowly shuffling around the room, but they don't really change their behavior once you step in. I think we just walk in like we own this place. Walk by them. Confidence. I love it. Act like you belong. Should we open our mouths really wide? (laughs) (laughs) Is there any other destination on this floor aside from that elevator like are there stairs is there is there other doorways or is the elevator the only thing yeah it looks a lot like what you remember from lux's office there is a door to you remember to the set of stairs but the elevator door is um that's what sits uh encased in these marble walls at the other end of the room and um it almost calls to you this elevator it almost calls to us there's like there's a feeling to it I mean, a lot of the things that you've experienced in the network are, are less than tangible, like very incorporeal and hard to describe. And as you kind of look around to see what your next um, move could be, you look at the elevator door and it's, it just feels like the way to move somewhere. I mean, obviously, it's an elevator. It just feels kind of right. Okay, then. Act like we belong. We're just here for an appointment like anybody else. Yep. Yeah. Eyes forward, right to the elevator. Let's go. As you walk towards it, you notice that the chrome elevator doors, they don't move, but something sort of materializes on the face of it. It's almost like a screen, um, a rectangular low-res digital screen. And there's a face in it. And the screen's face, though warped, is familiar. It's Connie Mayonnaise. (laughs) Welcome to Lux's luxurious offices. What's your business with Lux today? I'll just say that I half expected the manifestation of Connie Mayonnaise to be a talking jar of mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) With one of those big mouths. That's right. (laughs) Okay, scratch this episode. We gotta start again. (laughs) Sorry, we'll be right back. Um, We have an appointment with Mr. Lux. We have a network business proposition. Network business, huh? 
I don't see you penciled in on the schedule. In fact, nobody's penciled in on the schedule for the next year or so. Oh, that's so strange. I was certain we had a 3 p.m. killing. Sorry, a 3 p.m. what? <laughs> Nothing. My apologies. I, 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 didn't, I didn't say a thing. I'm pretty sure I heard you say killing. No, no, that was... It was not really intended for you so much as my friends here. Well, that's a, that's a relief. And you say this is network business? Indeed. Uh, it's about network discos. Okay, hold on. Wait, that's, that sounds awesome. Just wait. Network right? discos. Uh, I'm not seeing anything come up in my system about oh, discos. He would not want to miss this and you wouldn't find it in your systems it's pretty uh exclusive uh, and you hear like a sound emanating from the speaker <laughs> that sounds like a keyboard um it goes on for a really really long time and connie's <laughs> muttering like oh god no we can't move oh god okay no i can move that too. <laughs> okay look it's gonna take some doing all right but i think i might be able to squeeze you in Side of me. Excuse me? <laughs> inside of me. I can squeeze you inside of me. Um, uh, which part? Okay, great. Oh, you're going to love it. Is it, is it, like, is it. is it just through through here? Yeah, I'm an elevator. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll step into the elevator. Okay, is, is there is there any reaction from Connie Mayonnaise as I step through the elevator doors? Yeah, she goes, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go in, too. Um, is there any reaction from mine? Oh. And I will be taking the stairs and I'll see you at the top. <laughs> Without pressing any of the buttons, I'm just going to run my finger over all of the elevator buttons. Oh, stop it. <laughs> okay, this is fun. Celestine blushes and shuffles his feet and lowers his hat. I just don't want to see any of this. This is. <laughs> when you enter, Connie goes, all right, that was a tough one. <laughs> what? what does that mean? Just getting a little full is all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, but listen, it's going to take more than just coming inside me. (laughs) I really didn't mean to do that, but it it happened. Yeah, that's perfect. You know, ascending an edifice of this magnanimitude, you know, it's going to take some juice. You know, some gas. Um, Lux expects a lot from prospective clients. So, you know, you better fuel me up with something good. And uh, I'm talking like give me a little taste of that disco talent you mentioned earlier. Uh, You want us to demonstrate our disco talent right now? I, I demand it, in fact, yeah. All right, so this this young fellow here has been practicing for weeks for this moment. Crater. Celestine, show her. Crater. Dang it, Crater. Why? You did this to me so many times over during CJ's. This is fucking payback. You deal with this. You, you deal with this disco bullshit now. All right, all right. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I guess I'm dancing then. Crater. You walk into an almost comically large car far too big to function in the waking world. The interior consists of featureless chrome panels, save for an arrangement of spinning floor buttons with unrecognizable symbols, and the rectangular low-res digital screen, which houses the Connie Mayonnaise face. As Connie requests this from you, from the ceiling, three spotlights emerge and pivot to face the center of the elevator. Your surroundings become a stage, 
and the illumination reveals something new. Squeezed into the impossibly tight space between the elevator's wall panels, you see them. The leech-like humanoids from before. They writhe grotesquely in their suffocatingly small space, but they're not trying to get out. It almost feels like they are waiting. Mouths agape. Hungry. And from Connie's request and from what you know about Lux, I mean, Lux is a talent agent. And Connie is requesting talent to be able to move. (laughs) Well, I can't do this with all them watching me. (laughs) Oh, don't mind the leeches. They're uh, impossible to keep out of here. What do you mean by that? What what will they do? Oh, don't worry about it. And... You know, just do really, really good in your performance. Uh, Celestine, what if I did a song to inspire? I would greatly appreciate that. I, I, um, I will need some sort of music to dance to. And frankly, you said disco, but I don't know that I know what disco dancing looks like. Just do the like point at your left leg and then point in, right in the air over and over again. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they do it like that so, in uh, in Tussleweed. Can I get behind Celestine? Like I'm teaching him uh, how to putt, and just oh. like, like, like I, I can move his arm up and down, like like this, like this. Oh, like okay. This. So point to my knee, point to the sky, point to my knee, point to the sky. What do I do with my legs, though? Just. Sh- shuffle them like you're like you got you got some gum on the bottom of your, of your shoes you're trying to get off on a <laughs> okay, shag carpet right, or something all right yeah yeah so Celestine starts kind of like you know like tapping his foot a little bit oh all right um i'm gonna have you all roll a performance check it seems almost like epoch had a clairvoyance as to what was to come and her boon which celestine still has yes. grants you an extra eight points to your performance checks and <laughs> I still have enhanced ability on for charisma for both Riot and myself. <gasps> so Wait, what was that? Say it again. Advantage. It, we, we have, you and I have enhanced ability for charisma checks. So uh, we'll get advantage on these performance oh checks. Oh my God. And just so you know, going into it, this is a cumulative check. Okay. okay. Um, I got a 22. Ooh. Ooh. I got a 27. Okay, that is... A 15. fifteen. Sorry, sixteen. Sixteen. A sixteen. A total of sixty-five between the three of you. That is most excellent. You know, I think I could get into this. Do you think that there's any chance that we could actually make a network disco? Is that oh is that a thing? Uh it's been a while, but yeah, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> Wait. What's been a while? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I have a song. A disco song. Oh, my God. Well, you can tell by the way I blink my brush. I'm a sexy fae with a big old tush. <laughs> Viridesia can't get enough. Yeah, I'm wanted by the thorough lush. Yeah, all right. It's okay. I'm a kind and gentle fae. And you can try to understand. I'm blinking to my sweet romance. I don't know the rest. <laughs> that was fucking outstanding. Oh my god! Holy shit! Okay, because you just did that, I'm giving you plus five to your next performance hey. check. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh my god! That. Wow. That's. <laughs> that gave me the juice, my friends. Okay. Okay. The juice. <laughs> It gave me the fuel I need. Let's see how far we can get with that. Oh, oh God. And the elevator begins to rise. You have passed the first of Connie's uh, requirements. First? 
Okay. Unfortunately, she kind of runs out of steam just as the digital face in the elevator rolls over to floor 100. The elevator screeches to its first stop. Just like in Vlad's mansion, you sense a permeating feeling coming from the other side of the elevator doors. Control. The doors part down the center line to his scene set in a familiar office. Lux's. He sits at the desk in all his uncanny valleyed glory. Just like the manifestations from Vlad's palace, this isn't Lux. Not really, it's a version of him that he holds very dear. He's not alone. In fact, the room is alive with about six or seven of those leech-like beings you encountered in the audition room. Undulating disjointly, they stay in place and don't really interact with anything in the room, but their presence adds a palpable unease. Opposite Lux, a human girl in her very early 20s. She's on the shorter and rounder side with a huge mane of perfect red curls and striking editorial makeup. She wears a forest green corduroy jumpsuit alongside a ratty brown t-shirt. Right, you recognize her. It's Vogue Garmentia whose picture was in Lux's real-life hidden office, listed under promising leads. Oh, Vogue, I'm so happy you came in today. How are you feeling? Um, well, to be honest with you, Lux, I'm nervous, but I, um, I always thought that I might have something special. (laughs) I agree completely. (laughs) You are so special, and together with me... We're going to change your life. You have such a bright future with me. You really think that I can make it big? I know it. But, you know, all the opportunities are all right now on the West Fifth Collide, so it's not super likely that we're going to have you back in the good on wilds that often or really anytime soon. But you're going to be so successful over here, and soon... An international tour, to be sure. (laughs) And that's the marker of a great career. And you want a good career, don't you? Yeah, well, I I mean, as long as, you know, I can come back to the good and wilds. And, you know, I I always wanted to open a fashion school. We don't have one here. I mean, eventually I can come back, right? Eventually. Then, Lux, let's do it. (laughs) Lux stands from the desk and walks towards you. Behind him, you see Vogue pulling out her pip, presumably messaging friends and family excitedly. But Lux walks towards you, then through you like a ghost, then past you into a door. The door is no longer the elevators, but rather a grand and ornate domestic door. It opens to reveal a party. I remember it so well. I remember... (laughs) I remember being in sodium and being so mad at how the elite class treated us, and I was sick of it. So I I went right into Crown City, and um, I crashed a uh, network disco party. (laughs) (laughs) So you've heard of, like, silent discos, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got wind of these exclusive secret parties that the upper crust had started getting their dirty little fingers and egos into network discos. They get together, 
with their sleepy little lavender beverages in a grand hall. They're all head to toe in impossibly soft feathers and robes, complimentary phantom aisle wool slippers, all this on a lavish mattress floor. They're bouncing together in their little microcosm. It was delicious. It was disgusting. I was watching them. And then they all fall down and slumber on the mattress floors, encased in gorgeous sleep as they descend into the networks, abusing these abilities to get their little thrill together. Well, this was a secret party, and those idiots were so drunk with power and accustomed to safety and comfort that they barely had anyone watching their sleeping selves. So, I took out the two bodyguards and released 20 jars of spiders that I'd been breeding. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this because of Simon in my head. <laughs> oh, God, Simon was the first. Simon the spider. I love them. But you should have seen them squirming awake. But I got caught on the way out. I was young. I wasn't so proficient yet. I was stupid. But I wasn't caught by the guards. It was by Lux. Indeed, Lux was the one that caught you. Lux perhaps didn't take part in this disco. Lux was perhaps there for alternate reasons, for professional reasons. And he notes everyone sinking to the floor and sensing something is afoot. He too sinks and feigns sleep and watches as you enter and loose these spiders. Luckily, having no particular fear of spiders himself, he waits for his moment, follows you outside And you see him seeing you riot. You see him spotting you in the crowd as you make your escape through the streets of the city. An undeniable talent that he must acquire. And in quick succession, this party that you're leaving now, it devolves into a number of scenes. We shift to Lux sitting at the back of a small Good and Wild's fashion show. Vogue Garmentia delivers a flawless runway walk. Her outfit impeccable. Her talent, undeniable. He must acquire it. We move on. We're in sodium. Lux is speaking with Scavenge. We see them from a distance as Lux nods. They part. We move on. We're in the good on wilds. Standing on a front porch with a glass of something refreshing in hand, Lux speaks to an older couple. They look kind, familiar. Riot, you also saw their picture in Lux's basement. Lux then asks something indiscernible something that makes the older couple gasp. And as they do, they shift into different people, another older couple that Riot ran away from long ago. Lux smiles, his thousand-watt smile. Riot's parents look at each other, first with hesitation, and then with comfort, they turn back to Lux. Caught between two parallel memories, we flicker between Vogue's parents and Riot's faster than your minds can track. Seeing their hesitance, Lux takes one of their hands in his and says something that seems to tip the scale. They look at each other, nod, and one of them finally leans towards Lux. They speak a word filled with potent magic and potent vulnerability. And then, fire consuming everything. Flickering back and forth between two houses, Vogue's and yours, Riot, the home you ran away from long ago, it is aflame and crumbles before you. And Lux is no longer here. You're not really here either. 
but the heat of the fire feels so real. Celestine's just gonna take Riot's hand silently. Yeah, are you are you okay? The, uh, man, this place always gets so heavy real quick. Yeah. Um I'm good. I'm not gonna talk about this, but thank you. Let's keep going. Let's uh Okay. Let's kill this guy. Please. Alright. Who's next? <laughs> All wrapped up on the hundredth floor, ready to juice me up again. Is is it necessary that you say it like that? How would you prefer me to say it? I mean, pretty much any way other than that. All right. Uh, okay, I need you to come inside me and give me the good stuff. That will help me <laughs> blast you off. And I quit. And uh, I'm going to go wake oh, really? up and go live my life. I, don't I can't take this. this We've been job. through some I'm things, but I can't take this. extremely professional. I really what? don't appreciate this. I'm very busy. Okay, so do you want to go high, or do you want me to take you back down? I want to go high. Let's go high, please. (laughs) Okay, pile in, pile in. And uh, you do so, and it is like the interior of that vast, impossibly big limousine once more with Connie's face at the bottom in the display screen. Oh, wasn't that nice? Lux, Lux has such a way with young talent. You know, they need so much guidance, and, well, he always knows what's best. Huh. I think Celestine just spits on the floor of the elevator. Oh, that's... You know what? what? That's one more, and then you're kicked out of the elevator. I'm, I'm not kidding. That's my face. <laughs> face is the floor? My face is the floor, yeah. Yeah. That's You know, like, being stood on is bad enough, but that's just not necessary. Hmm. Like, it's weird, because, like, with the demeanor you've had this whole time, I thought you would have liked being spat on. Whoa. Well, not by people who only get up to the 200th floor. Talk to me when we hit 300, and then maybe I'll want a little spittle. <laughs> uh, we'll circle back. Okay. Yeah, that's, 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 that's good to know. That's, we'll like, I'll put have it in, in that one. back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. I don't know how you're going to top last time. What do we have um, to do? You know, show me something new. Show me something exciting. Hey, hey, right. You've been like workshopping that stand up routine. <laughs> you're Are such you an asshole, Sean. <laughs> Holy shit. Next floor is like, Sean, you've been creative. You've been preparing that aria from the opera. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. If we could just get you to do a tight five. Uh,. <clears throat> How's everybody doing tonight? Hey! Woo! Got a okay. Tough crowd. All right. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, so a train conductor <laughs> is driving a train with 50 passengers on railroad tracks. He misses the last stop, crashes the train, killing everyone on the train but him. <laughs> he gets sentenced to death by the electric chair. Oh. But he gets offered a last meal first. He accepts, choosing just one banana. After eating his banana, he goes into the execution room and sits on the chair. They throw the switch, lightning and thunder go off in the room, but nothing happens. They give him the shock again, nothing happens. They let him go, and because they've never encountered this before, you can't be repeatedly punished for the same crime, so they let him go. Somehow, he gets his train conductor license back again. (laughs) He has 60 passengers this time on the train, and the same occurrence as last time happens, he gets the same sentence. Upon being asked what he'd like for his last meal, he chooses two bananas. He eats them, 
then enters the room and sits on the chair. He gets given the lethal shock, but nothing happens. They try a few more times, the same result. They have to let him go again. He somehow gets his train conductor license back. He has 69 passengers on board this time. And when he crashes, inevitably, everyone but him dies. He gets given the same sentence. But when he asks for three bananas as his last meal, the executioner says, no, no, I'm not giving you the bananas. They're making you invulnerable to the chair. I don't know what's going on here, what kind of like whack magic is going on, but you're not getting the bananas. So he sits down on an empty stomach. When he survives multiple shocks again, they ask, how are you surviving? We didn't let you have any of the bananas. And he replies, oh, it's not the bananas. I'm just a bad conductor. Oh my God. God. Thanks, everyone. You've been great. You've been great tonight. Oh. Woo! Man, Encore! Don't. Wow. That was. <laughs> all right, roll your performance checks, all right. babies. All of us? Is it, is it all of us? Oh, yeah. Everybody. Oh, yeah. It's another cumulative. Do I get a plus five because of last time? Yes. Like you said. And advantage. <laughs> advantage. Had a 19. 19 also. Okay. 22 for Celestine. Oh, my God, you guys. Was it 60 we needed to get? <laughs> so you just got a 60, and the total that you needed was 60. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh yes. yes. Thank oh. you, Epoch. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Elevator mayonnaise is like, oh, wow. That was exactly sufficient. I really enjoyed that. All right. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, let's see how much farther up we can get it. <sighs> oh. <laughs> Are you uncomfortable? This doesn't sound. Ple- I can't de- decide whether this is a pleasurable experience for you or, or it's deeply uncomfortable. Do you smell that too? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Like I don't know if it's just if it's just like suggestion, but it. It smells like mayonnaise in here all of a sudden. Yeah, it smells really like, a, ooh, like a tuna sandwich I puked up and was like... So <laughs> <slow>. <laughs> oh my god. The smell of mayonnaise emanates as Connie makes this grunting noise. <laughs> Push. Look, I'm not trying to be mean here, but the, the combined weight of all three is really something else. And up another 100 floors from your last landing, the elevator shoots. The directions are a little wishy-washy in the networks. There is a clear feeling of ascension. And as the elevator halts once more on floor 200, another distinct feeling permeates beyond the door. Instead of control, here you now sense fear. Once again, the door parts and we step into a hotel room. Grand, ornate, luxurious. The room is framed with floor-to-ceiling windows. Drops of condensation collect on the glass. Neon signs flicker in the distance. You're so high up that you can't see the ground. But you can hear the birds. It's another network-manifested amalgamation, but you all immediately recognize Trobonio Vega. The hotel room houses two figures. One paces the floor nervously, looking at his feet, unsettled. It's Lux. The other, sitting comfortably in a high-backed chair, a glass of wine in hand, at ease. Ms. Mara. Lux, let's not forget who petitioned for your spot 
in the royals. And let's certainly not forget who can petition for your removal. You've been so useful to me, but I need another favor. I need something stolen from Riscotech at the spinning of the wheel. At the spinning of the wheel while everyone is there? (laughs) Why? Best if you don't know. I need a team of three. It would be ideal if Riot was on it. There's also a scrapper in town right now, Crater Wayne. Have it come down the pipeline through him. Crater Wayne? Do I know Crater Wayne? Is he important? He used to be Boulder. Oh, I, um... I thought we were done with him. We were. Anyway, he's playing Guardian right now. And the third should be his ward. Can you do that? (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I just... I feel like Riot could build a better team than a random scrapper and some kid. I need three. And those two have a particular dynamic I don't expect you to understand. Okay. I guess I'll, um... I guess I'll have something come down through the scrapper pipeline, Mesmera. Mesmera and Lux look out the window in unison, and we follow their gaze. In fact, literally, we are pulled gently through the room and through the window, and we now look down upon Trobonio Vega. We pass through the neon-lit fog and spy below us a familiar figure in particular, Crater. When the scrappers first approached me with the Riscotech job, at the time, like, Crater couldn't really understand why they were pushing really hard to have Celestine join the crew. Like, especially at that time, Celestine was just this kid that was sleeping in his bathroom on the on the tile floors just like creators are trying to keep him out of trouble this kid was not ready for like a high profile job like this so like i was really against the idea of like the head honcho scrappers insisting on celestine part being part of this job so like i took it upon myself to try and find other drivers to join us but for for whatever reason every scrapper that i talked to that i'd worked with in the past they were either busy or just outright refuse to do the job. I talked to Yui, I talked to the Reverend, I talked to Clutch McDriveman. (laughs) Every single one of them, for whatever reason, like, they were saying, like, they had had a conflict, it was too hot of a job, it would get us killed, or, like, worse, they'd put us in prison. Which is, like, not, it's not uncommon for, like, there to be conflicts in in this kind of world, right? Like, there's constant heist going on all over the Fifth Collide. But for every single person to turn down this job, it was, it was a little bit strange. I guess the critter really hasn't like thought about that fact a lot. But essentially, what ended up happening was no one else could do the job except for Celestine. He was, he was the only one that was available. So we ended up going with the kid. It, uh, it was unusual, but the job seemed too delicious to pass up, and so we gently float away from Crater and back through the window, and back into the hotel room. Miss Maristan still looking out the window. Here, in this vision, she's tall. Much taller than in real life. Meanwhile, Lux is very still. He's waiting until Miss Mara finally breaks the long, uncomfortable silence. 
It's all laid out before me. The most important work of my life. Not even you could possibly mess it up. I know. I can trust you with this. Because if you try to make things difficult for me, I promise you, your life will never be comfortable again. Do we get the sense that Lux is particularly afraid of Mesmera? Everybody roll me inside checks. 16. Natural one. Oh. 23. Okay. Oh, right. It, it makes sense that you should be the one to truly get a read on this. You know Lux better than anybody. Mesmera might be what Lux fears most, with maybe one exception, and that exception would be irrelevancy. Mesmera is the one who holds the key to his relevancy, and at any point he knows that she could rip the rug out from under him. He very much fears Mesmera. Celestine, I, I want to be clear. Like, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that anymore about you. Like, I know you're more than qualified, and you're able to handle your shit here. Just at the at the time, we didn't know each other that well, and I don't know. It's, I don't. Know, I, I feel bad. Like, I should address you from the beginning. Celestine just takes that in for a moment, and then nods, looks at Crater, reaches up. To put a hand on Greater's shoulder, a very <laughs> much higher shoulder. Greater, I understand. We didn't know each other well off the bat. and Well, I remember who I was when I first met you, and, and I wasn't nearly so capable as I have become. And, uh, and so I, I understand, and I, I certainly take no offense. In fact, I, I know you were looking out for me. And I know that those days are behind us, that if there was anything that, that you trust me, and if there was anything that I, I, I could do for you that you would ask, and if there was anything that I needed to know that you would tell me. Yeah. Um, you have my back, so I have your back. Always. Yeah. The elevator has dinged behind you. It opens once more to the inside of this massive limousine. Connie's face looks up at you from the bottom. <laughs> oh, nice. How is that? You know, Lux has some really impressive connections. I'm, I'm sure that you just saw inside. He's, he's got the most powerful contacts on the fifth collide. It's, you know, it's, it's the best situation for him and his clients. Who? Mesmero? Everyone knows Mesmero. Oh, yeah, but do you know Mesmera? Are you in with Mesmera? These are the distinctions between people like Lux and your average plebe. You're a bit of a brown noser here, eh? Bit of a suck-up. Me? Yeah. I mean, I get paid for it. I take oh, it as a true. compliment. You know, respect. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm hungry. Excuse me? And thirsty for juice. Oh. Oh. Hey, Crater, I hear you have a blossoming poetry career. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love poetry. Oh, oh, please. He's very good. I have unbelievable so standards for poetry. I, I'll tell you right away. Yeah. Um, let me, sorry, I'm just going through my, my Rolodex uh, <laughs> in my brain <laughs> trying to think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, okay. This one, man, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. This one's like really personal to me. <laughs> Um, would it help if you had a beat? No, no, no. I mean, Celestine just sits down on the floor and starts like slapping his knees like bongos. Go ahead. Okay. okay. You know, I have, 
you know, when I was growing up, up in the cold breaks, I had a lot, a lot of time just standing out like at the river and just watching the ocean water come in and out and really got me, really got me thinking. Um, the, the, this, this poem's called, uh, the ship starting Ooh. low, the unbounded sea on its breast, a ship starting, spreading all sails, carrying even her moon sails. The pennant is flying aloft as she speeds, she speeds so stately. Below, emulous waves press forward. They surround the ship with shining, curving motions and foam. Thank you. That's, Holy that's, shit. That's what the fuck, Crater? That was what, really what? good. Wow. Frick, Sean, I, Crater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was totally I that. yours. I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Do we need to actually credit someone? Walt Whitman? Uh, we, we, we might need to credit Walt Whitman for that, but uh, I'm, he's dead. It's fine. He's dead. <laughs> I hear yeah. once a poet dies, you can just use whatever you want. <laughs> right. Wait, is Walt, Walt Whitman dead? Oh, how long has he been dead? Oh, he died in 1892. He's long <laughs> oh, dead. Oh, yeah, public domain. Oh, yeah, that's that's your poem now, baby. Yeah. yeah. Sean wrote oh, that. Holy crap, Sean. <laughs> also, like, elegantly executed, though. I would say I would so. Agreed. Yeah, I would yeah. say. And love how you timed it in. Yeah. Wow. Give me, give me some dice. Can Crater have advantage on this? Because, I mean, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was beautiful. Absolutely. He wrote it himself. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did roll an at twenty. Hey, oh. baby! That's oh. a total of twenty-seven. Wow. Okay. Okay. I got a twenty-five. Okay. Total of twenty. I want to reward the nat 20. Yeah. Maybe by giving a plus five, because that's what we did for Riot last time. Cool. Mm, that seems reasonable. Brings our total to 77. Oh, nice. On the floor, I think it's kind of grotesque, but like a few droplets of mayonnaise leak through the screen where Connie's eyes are. <laughs> and there's some silence for a moment. And finally you hear, My soul also belongs to the sea, Mr. Wayne. It also belongs to the sea. <laughs> oh. oh my. Filled with juice is Connie Mayonnaise. Another 100 floors you rock it. As the elevator lurches to a halt, you're faced again with a penetrating feeling. This one's unusual. Not as straightforward as the others. Certainly not as direct as the feelings you felt in Vlad's manifested mansion. Here, you feel... The unquiet. Sitting upon a Chesterfield couch in front of a crackling fireplace, Lux's mirror-polished frame reflects the flames brilliantly. He holds his head in one hand and a cigar in the other. He is obviously distressed. Sitting beside him is Teaspoon, the flames of the fire reflecting brilliantly in her eyes. She soothes him, one hand patting his shoulder softly. Oh, Lux, it, it's okay. <sighs> yes. Teaspoon, thank you for being here. You know, you know I appreciate you. And you know that I can trust you. Well, of course. I mean, there's no one in this world that I trust more than you, Lux. I know. Listen, um, Teaspoon, I... I have a job for you. Oh? At Riscotech. <gasps> oh, Lux, really? Riscotech? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. 
I'm so excited to perform at such a grown-up venue. Oh, oh I can't oh, just no, can't no, wait no. to start getting no, honey, prepared. No, no, no. No, no, that's not what's happening here. You're not performing, sweetheart. You're, um... Mm, you're pitching yourself, let's say, uh, to uh, Harley. Harley High Stakes? Harley? You've heard of her, right? The MC? <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm sorry, Lux. You you know I want to do whatever you say, but I, I, I don't understand. Well, um, I mean, we'd like you to get, obviously... Performing at um, Riscotech eventually, but we can't do that unless you get in with Harley, you understand. H- how do you want me to get in with Harley if I'm not performing? Well, Teaspoon, like I said, I can trust you, right? Of course, Lux, of, of course. And you want to perform at Riscotech, right? Oh, yes, I, I would love to graduate to venues like Riscotech. Teaspoon, I, I think you're almost ready, and because of that, you know, there's some abilities that I know that you have that I just think they're very dangerous, and if you don't really know what you're doing, I don't feel like it's safe for you to be able to use them, you understand, but in this case, you know, pitching yourself to Harley, and um, I think it's maybe time that we loosen the reins a bit. And I think that you're finally ready to, you know, try out one of your abilities that I don't normally like you to use. You don't mean, like, when I go into a mind, do you? <laughs> well, of course. I thought you said if, if anyone found out I could do that, it would be big trouble. Well, yes, and that's why no one's going to find out. In fact, you should go to Harley while she's by herself. And I want you to talk to her and... Tell her all about the things that you can do and the way that you perform and how magnanimous you are. I mean, Teaspoon, you're you're a vision on stage. And oh, everybody God. knows it, and, and Harley should know it too. I, I still don't understand. I, wh- wh- how does this help you, Lux? Well, I need you to do one extra thing while you're there, okay? Okay. Now, um, you know, the the spinning of the wheel at uh, Riscotech is coming up. Yeah. I need you to ask Harley to turn off the cameras that night. But... But won't somebody else notice? I mean, it's the cameras to Riscotech. Well, of course, but Teaspoon Harley's not just the MC of Riscotech. She is Riscotech, and she is the cameras. So what I need you to do is I need you to ask her to turn off the cameras, and then I need you to make her think that it was the right decision all along. She was the one who chose that. Oh, you know what? I'll do anything I can to help you, Lux, but what happens after the cameras get turned off? <laughs> well, people party. It's Riscotech. Teaspoon, you understand. Or at least you will soon when we get you a performance spot there. Well, if it means... It, if it means that it's good for you and me, Lux, and I know you're always looking out for what's good for me, if it's good for me and it's good for you, then I, I can do this for you. <sighs> Of course it's good for me, Teaspoon, and of course it's good for you. You, <laughs> Sorry. Do you think, do you think maybe, if I pull this off, do you think maybe it might mean that I'm ready for CGA? Hmm. Oh, Teaspoon. I want you to be ready for CGA so bad. You know I do. You know what, sweetheart, we'll have to, we'll have to reevaluate closer to the date, okay? I understand. Teaspoon, I'm sorry. I I should have been getting re- you ready for CGA so long ago. It's all my fault. I, I've just been so overwhelmed lately with 
all the work I've got going on, and I'm sorry that you haven't performed at Riscotech yet. I... I, I understand, <sighs> Lux. I understand. I just want to be here for you. You saved me. You saved me from irrelevancy. You've given me everything, and I will give you everything in return, Lux. That's why you're my favorite, Teaspoon. A change is taking place. Teaspoon looks up suddenly, glancing around the room until her eyes land on the three of you. Her mouth forms a surprised O, followed by a knowing O. The room begins to shift around you in dizzying quickness, glimpses of places and smells and sounds and items you recognize and some you don't, as yours and Lux's memories of Teaspoon collide. Teaspoon shifts as well, becoming an eerie, procedurally generated version of herself. A yellow dress, a pair of suspenders, an elegant purple gown. As the furniture and decor continue to blend and shift, Lux is wordlessly absorbed into the Chesterfield, and Teaspoon stands to greet you. Oh dear, you heard all that, did you? Uh, How does us seeing you do that make you feel, Teaspoon? Oh, well, you know what he's asking me to do, right? I'm, I'm not proud. I'm going to tamper with Harley's memories. You must think so poorly of me. And she stares pointedly at Celestine in particular. Teaspoon, uh... Everybody does things they regret later, and it seemed to me like you felt like you were doing the right thing at the time, and that is that is the best most of us can hope to do. I, I knew I wasn't doing the right thing at that time, Celestine. My choice was made for me, and people have made choices for both of us, haven't they? Celestine kind of cocks his head a little bit at that, like, why does... Why does Teaspoon know this and and just sort of says, why, yes, they have. Sensing, almost anticipating the thought that ran through your mind there, Celestine, she giggles. Well, sorry, I, I didn't mean to be rude. It's just this version of me, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, a, I am what Lux knows about me and feels about me and what you three know about me and feel about me. I'm, I'm you. What changed, Teaspoon? You were ready to work with Lux then and tamper with Harley's memories, even though you knew it to be wrong, but what changed to make you want to work against Lux? At a certain point, one must take control over their own life, over our own future, over our over our own memories. Don't you agree, Celestine? That is what I've been trying to do since I left Ma and Pa's farm. Well, in that case, wouldn't you like to be the one who makes choices for other people? Use it for good, because because I can't. Do I have a sense of what Teaspoon is saying here? Yes. Teaspoon is trying to extend an offer to you of her own power, an ability, a lesson. Right, Teaspoon. Well, I'm not sure I'm qualified to make anybody else's decisions for them, but if there's something you can do to help us now, then I accept. I would do anything to help the three of you accomplish this task, and Celestine, let me teach you how to make a memory. And she reaches her hand out for yours. I look back at 
Riot and Crater for support. And uh, I put a hand on his back, rub him a little bit, nod my head. I'll, I'll give him a knowing nod as well, like you got this. All right, then I take Teaspoon's hand. Tell me, Celestine, what it looks like when Teaspoon teaches you modify memory. Oh, uh, Teaspoon teaches me how to do this using one of my own memories. Oh my god. And this is the manifestation tier. And so I think Teaspoon just gestures a bit and I can feel a memory of mine bubbling up to the surface. And then it plays out in front of us, kind of like a, a little a, a little shimmery, like it's on a projector screen. <laughs> it's the last race that I drove in the Good Unwilds before I left home. And I lost that race. You can see my opponent's car cross the finish line just a fraction of a second before mine. And you can see the disappointment on Celestine's face. And with a gesture, Teaspoon rewinds it. And when it plays again, I cross the finish line first. And I'm victorious. And just as that memory starts to sink in and take hold, and I can feel the feeling of having won that day... Teaspoon gestures again, rewinds it, and puts it back to the way it was. In experiencing it and seeing my own memory being modified, I instinctively understand how to do this thing. Oh. <laughs> Teaspoon looks upon you very proudly and loses your hand, and this procedurally generated impression of her becomes more and more fractal and broken, and as does the room around you. And the last thing you hear... I hope you'll remember. Thank you. The elevator has opened back up behind you as if to welcome you back into it. Well, shall we? All right, Connie, I'm getting a little, like, this this whole shtick of you being aroused by this whole thing is getting a little... I'm... A little I'm, old. I'm, hold on. I've become used I'm, to it at this point. <laughs> I mean... I'm like, very flattered... We but I'm are, not interested. <laughs> we are getting dropped off every couple hundred floors and then just being destroyed emotionally. And then you expect us to come back in and you're like, oh, my squirty bird's wet. And it's like, I, I, can't, I can't handle this. These accusations will not stand. I'm going to spit if, on the floor. Oh! Yeah, I'll spit. It's, I'll it's, spit as well. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll spit as well. Yeah. I promised... That we see how where we where we are about this in a couple hundred floors, I'm starting to like it. We're not <laughs> quite there yet. Okay, <laughs> to be honest, no one's actually made it as high up before. You must uh, you must be the real deal, like Teaspoon. Lux doesn't trust anyone more than Teaspoon. So Teaspoon came up here oh no not recently oh, okay. Okay, okay but if she was i mean she'd go straight to the top as it is i'm gonna need a bit of what, what do you guys want me to call it a bit of spittle in my engine <laughs> whoa yuck i mean there's no pleasing you <laughs> can i take out a good berry drop it on the floor and just squish it under my boot heel there whoa. there's some juice <laughs> <laughs> 
Yum. Not the type that fuels the elevator, unfortunately. Well, dang. Okay. Well, that was a waste of a good berry. Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> yeah, that really sucks for you. I regret my decisions. Um, yum, yum, yum. Well. Hey, can we just perform one of our CGA songs we just did? We're well practiced. I'll allow it if you incorporate my name into the lyrics. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Jay, just play one of our songs, and then we can just, like, interject. Like an alternate just, version? Connie. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put that over it in a weird place. Just might be Connie. Fill you up. Make sure you're fed. Connie. Get that last out. Connie mayonnaise. But it's. Yeah, I'm going off the road. Yeah, I'm going on. Connie. Yeah, I'm going on. Connie mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, hit me with some dice. All right, another performance. Yes, please. Is this, is this plus five uh, like a, a one and done thing? Like after I use it? Yeah, it's been okay. used. Here's the thing. This this check coming up. They they've been getting cumulatively more difficult each floor. This one is extremely extremely tough. So if you do have anything that might help that might tip the scale now's the time okay yikes that is only an 18 for celestine this time uh take an inspiration <gasps> oh d6 yeah 21 mm-hmm. 20 for me mm-hmm. and that was a 25 for crater a 66 total mm. unfortunately the number we were looking for here was 90 what the Jesus. fuck <laughs> <laughs> How would that be possible? Uh, um, we've seen you all roll above thirty. <laughs> not in this one. Not, only yeah, not in Delta performance. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think it's like. I think that's literally impossible for us to do that in performance. Hmm, it might not have been had you all kept epochs. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. But that's okay. You begin a strange amalgamated performance of the three CGA tunes where you replace a lot of, not even necessarily like where it works, just really replace a lot of words with Connie mayonnaise. And it's, it feels good. And it's not like she's not enjoying it. It's just that she's not quite enjoying it enough. And that manifests in a strange way here. The leeches from between the panels start to seep out and they surround you. Their mouths open wide. This elevator becomes tiny now, and these leeches are desperately hungry, and the walls close in. As the leeches surround you, they bite down. It doesn't draw blood. It doesn't really hurt, but it's an incredibly unpleasant sensation, and as they draw back, you feel drained. I'm going to have each of you roll 1d6. Four for Celestine. Subtract one from your intelligence score. Oh, I rolled a three. Subtract one from your constitution score. No. That's horrible. It's bad. Which unfortunately means that your HP will go down by one times your level. So subtract 13 from your HP. Fuck. And that's like max HP subtraction. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Two. Okay. I need you to subtract one from your dexterity score. Oh. Okay. So this one affects your initiative. It affects a few skills, and it obviously affects your saving throw. Okay. You know what? It could have been worse. 
That's I'm okay yeah. with that. You, it yeah, actually it, could have been. Really, if yeah. you'd failed, like, imagine if you failed every single one of the performances coming up here. Oh, right. oh shit. right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems kind of nice now, doesn't it? Okay. <laughs> Connie is moderately pleased, uh, but it doesn't juice her quite enough. And Ugh. the leeches come out. They provide her with the remaining juice that she requires. And she goes, oh, yummy, thank you. Oh, they, they do come in handy, those leeches. They're talentless, of course, absolute hacks. But, you know, they get me where I need to go. And where I need to go is, uh, well, about 200 floors more. So it's going to be a minute. Relax. Stand up my face. We've reached the point where you can spit on me now. This is your last journey in the elevator. Once you reach the top, you will be united with Lux's manifested self. Is there any last items on your agenda? Any last words you'd like to exchange with each other? Now is the time. Alright. We've done this before. Yeah. We need to look out for each other's back here. Celestine, I need you to hang back. Because if you go down, we're kind of shit out of luck. You're, you're a quarterback in this entire thing. We need you up. I will do everything in my power to to keep us all healthy and up. But if I do go down, that's what y'all got those good berries for. Yep. Right. I, uh, well, this, uh, this seemed to work against the devil. And I, I, I suppose that you are going to be the most vulnerable among us once we start facing Lux, given his influence over you. And so this seems appropriate once again. And I will cast... Uh, protection from evil and good on Riot. Oh, thank Aww. you. Oh my god. Um, thank you. God. Um, it, you know, I've been kind of working on a few things myself. Um, just was tired of seeing you having to be the, the sole shoulders that we uh, rely on in these things. And, um, well, I've, I went ahead and learned Prayer, prayer of healing. Oh, stars. Um, because, you know, I care about you guys and I, I don't want anything to happen. And that was on my, that was my to-do list. And yeah. I have a question for Riot. Mm-hmm. And feel free not to answer this if you haven't thought about it yet. Who do you pray to? Mm. I guess I don't pray in general, but it's, it's sending a prayer whatever someone that I care about might believe in because regardless of what I believe I um, I love them and anything that will protect them right hmm. we've been so focused on taking Lux down that I I suppose I forgot what that truly means you'd be free of them yeah yeah I would alright then something else to look forward to right I hope that you enjoy your freedom when we win it for you some momentous final words and final preparations are accomplished on the elevator ride from floor 300 past floor 400 the numbers creep up 450, 470, 490 and they click to a stop on the top floor 500. The doors open. 
and hot steam comes pouring in. You step into what seems to be a combination of Lux's main office and his secret second office hidden below. The floors are glass and the room is wood-paneled with Paragarden's characteristic lush mosses and colorful flowers growing up amidst the brown shag carpeting. At first, it appears that windows lined the walls, but upon further scrutiny, you realize they're actually TV screens. They crackle and flicker. They show brief snippets of Lux's thralls, of their moments of greatest success. You see glimpses of Riot, Teaspoon, Barter of Vogue, and many, many others. Golden threads emerge from each screen in tangled waveform shapes. As you enter Riot, a flickering occurs at your chest, and your waveform-shaped golden thread becomes visible. It emerges from you and joins the others as they meet at the center of the room. There, sitting upon a large pink armchair, gleaming and polished to a mirror finish, is Lux. The threads emerge from him at every angle, and his exhaust pipe hair emits a gentle trickle of steam. His familiar medallion twinkles around his neck, only... Rather than two cups, you see two horns, a hallmark symbol of the devil, which, of course, is Lux's true affinity. <laughs> if it isn't my favorite client, <laughs> Riot, oh no, no, wait, don't tell me. You're here to try to fire me again, right? <laughs> well, go ahead, sweetheart. I can take the heat. Lux rises to his full height takes a heroic pull off his cigar and lets it out with a great rasping exhale. From his mouth pours an absolute flood of hot steam. It cascades toward you and within seconds it envelops you and fills the room completely. The steam is thick as pea soup and condensation streams down your faces and into your eyes. You can no longer see Lux. Only hear him as he says, It's not personal. It's business. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, 
and monetize their podcast everywhere. ACAST.com.